Hey folks, welcome to Enrollify's latest podcast series, The Modern Student. The Modern Student is a special podcast series that explores how technology is revolutionizing higher ed and engaging students. This special series is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a technology company that is revolutionizing the way higher ed builds digital experiences for its constituents. The Modern Student is hosted by me, Zach Buzicruz from Enrollify, and Jeff Dillon, a senior consultant at Squiz. This series will explore how the modern student is shaping the future of education, how to find and engage new student populations, why marketing and IT and higher ed need each other to thrive, and the future of technology in higher ed. You can learn more about the incredible work Squiz is doing and explore their client case studies at squiz.net, or you can connect with Jeff on LinkedIn via the link in the show notes below. All right, without further ado, welcome to The Modern Student. All right, sir. We are we're live with the, the fourth and final episode of The Modern Student. How are you? Uh, how are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Zach. I'm so happy to talk to you again. I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. You just got back. You've been traveling on some, uh, attending some conferences. Any uh, any kind of quick takeaways for folks tuning in? I, this episode will publish a couple weeks after these conferences, but uh, what, what were your thoughts on uh, the events you've been to recently? I went to two, and you know we're getting this here in really early November. But last month I went to a couple of conferences. Hi Ed Webb um, was in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is a great targeted conference for, uh, you know, for the front end tech stack people, the Marcom people. Great intimate kind of setting, so that was good. Um, but then Educop was the big one, right? That was in Denver. Nice. And had some great conversations. I'll talk about later in this episode. Um, and it kind of bounced back. I felt from last year um, with the attendance. Yeah. So everyone. Else, all the solution providers and even attendees seem pretty pretty happy with some some improvements they made and um, just really the turnout. Yeah, so it was, it was, it's it's been fun. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to hear. I know that it's been like a mixed bag with these events and and some folks saying like, oh wow, like it's you know people are still struggling to get people there, and then others are are like back in in full swing, and some have even grown. So. Um, it's, you know, I, I, th- I think we're probably still, uh, within the next year or two, I, I predict we'll see some events merge and, or like wind down, but then others that will continue to grow. So, um, yeah, anyways, I think it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time as people like rethink what community and content and, you know, professional development looks like. It will, it is. And I, I really had a lot, uh, many more, um, strategic conversations where yeah. I feel like, leadership is really looking forward maybe more than they have um so that, that's really fun to see that's, that's great man that's great so today i want to talk all about the dxp right and how the dxp compares to the cms and really like why we're talking about this at the end here is it sort of brings about this um it's sort of a nice way to package the conversation that we've been having over these last few weeks around how technology is changing higher education how technology is dramatically changing the way in which students think about research and ultimately uh, apply and enroll at colleges and universities we're sort of living through this really fun special like complicated uh, at times, moment in in higher ed where technology is dramatically changing the way that that we do things, and one of those technologies is is the DXP. So for those who like like me included, I know that I, know, I actually know what DXP stands for, but that's about it. Um, it's a digital experience platform. Is that correct, Jeff? Did I? Oh, good. I nailed that. Cool. 
and I know what a CMS is, a content management system. Most schools have websites that are CMSs, not or their websites are built on CMSs as opposed to DXPs. So can you just start, let's just start out by defining these terms. What are they? How does a DXP compare to a CMS? And why are, why are we even talking about DXPs within the context of this conversation? Yeah. Thanks for teeing it up there, Zach. I mean, we could call this one the demystifying the DXP. Oh, there we go. That's um, good. So, so we all kind of agree that we need to reduce the complexity of higher ed, and we here just just get it done. And um, you know, we've talked a little bit about this before with uh, CMSs that we've implemented over the past ten to twenty years. What's happening now is those are coming um, coming full circle now. And and if if you're still on that same CMS, you're really trying to integrate or possibly replatform. And so, so there's the CMS. We're kind of victims of our own success, I would say, in that years ago when we didn't have content management, um, we had things like Adobe Dreamweaver hmm. we'd contribute, you know, and contribute was our CMS. But since we made it so easy to publish, we're dealing with all the sprawl and accessibility issues. And, you know, we won't go too much into that. But so since we're in that environment, um, even Gardner recognizes the space now. So the DXP the digital experience platform is really, um, it's really not one technology. It's mm. a suite of technologies that work together. And what we, I mean, setting the stage, backing up a little bit, I think why we need to um, even talk about this is we need to acknowledge the the world we're living in now. And uh, one of them is that recruitment is a global challenge. Mm. It's, you know, it's not just in the US. Mm. Um, we have a tech talent um, retention problem in the government sector, particularly with experts um, leaving to go to higher paying jobs. Um, so the IT resources and the budgets are lean. Okay, all these things are factoring into this perfect storm. So there, so organizations like schools are investing in these digital tools and they know they need to, it's just how. So along comes a pandemic, we're busier, on come the DXP. Hmm. And what I've heard, here's a couple customer quotes that I've heard from, these are from Squiz customers. Um, Students' expectations have significantly evolved over the last few years, predominantly driven by rapid change in technology and a demand to be able to source information and request services quickly. Hmm. One quote. One more. A potential student's first impression of our college is through the website, and that digital experience can make or break a relationship. Not big news. We yeah. know this stuff. Yeah. But these problems are common. Okay. So um, self-service, business continuity, it all adds up. But what we see is in all the advertising or even on some of these solution providers' websites, you'll see like easily manage the student experience, create amazing digital experiences, unlock the, your creativity easily. <laughs> and it's being sold as it's so easy to do. And yeah. what we have to think really um, understand is there's this aspiration gap. Hmm. So where we are now and where we want to be, the promises sometimes just aren't there. Hmm. So the way I look at it is there's the DXP is a suite of technologies and and you might have a monolithic option which means this huge monstrous system that you put in and it has to replace everything yeah. you don't have a choice it's closed um there's big companies that provide these monolithic they'll call them dxps um digital experience platforms um and that's one way to go but the the problem with that often is that the resource intensive yeah. the training that goes along with these systems are difficult it's tough to integrate other systems if, if you're trying to integrate something outside of those. Um, and what you'll often see with these bigger monolithic DXPs is that the company might not be higher ed focused. Hmm. So it might be a company where it's such, it might be a huge company, but such a small part of their market 
uh, of their vertical is is higher ed. So what that means is the roadmap and the licensing often doesn't really fit higher ed. So if you if you don't if you look at that monolithic solution, and realize God that's gonna be kind of a challenge, and or you you've lived it, um, then you got to look at all these niche these niche specific companies that are provide doing great work. Yeah. Right. How do you how do we stop that? We're not gonna stop it. That's a great space to be in. But again, it has its own problems, right? We have fragmented systems that creates data and underutilization of digital tools, security risks, um, disparity of, you know, losing losing control. So what we do, what the Squiz DXP is, is we're kind of in the middle of that. Okay. So basically, you know, we need a place to connect everything, and that's what a DXP is. So different vendors might claim you know a DXP is certain things or another, but I will I would almost say that a DXP has to have these components that I'll talk about in a little bit um, to be a real true higher ed DXP. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that is that, that that's the stage a super, that super, super helpful um, setting of the table. Um, one, okay. one, one quick follow-up question. Um, and I think that this will transition, this will be a nice transition to what you're about to share um, with us, Jeff, but is like, from my understanding too, right. There are the, uh, there are the technical benefits, right. Of a, of a DXP, right. Meaning, the way that it helps to organize content, the way that it helps to organize data, the infrastructure, right, is is a lot more um, flexible um, and 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 helpful maybe than a traditional CMS or or some other sort of a, a technology. And then there are also sort of like the the benefits of of like the user experience, right? Like, hey, this this and, and while related, like th th they're different, right? One is about like content organization and and systemization. The other is about how are we ensuring that we're design using this technology to design really compelling personalized experiences to students? So as you as you unpack this further, I think it would be helpful to to make sure that we're talking about both buckets because again, while related, they actually are they're they're different, right? And and I think that those differences are important. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, yeah, I will take that. I have some examples we'll talk about to hear about cool. how schools are are, are um, benefiting from. You know this this whole movement here um so acknowledge that you what, what i'm trying to kind of point out is you don't have to rip and replace systems because it's it's almost um really challenging for some larger schools to do that so what if you kept your systems where they were and connected them through technology that allowed you to do that easily so that's that's really one of the huge benefits that a dxp offers o organically growing your 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 systems one step at a time taking a hybrid approach integrating your current tech stack with a D, with a squiz dxp um so you can add or or um, replace tools in the future um it has to be low code low code and you know easy to use too but you know you should only be paying for really what you need also which would allow you to maintain the consistency and control and all that yeah but what it starts with on the front end as we're getting to what you're kind of mentioning is um search is really what we're kind of known for in the US. Yeah. Like Squiz is known for funnel back search. Yeah, funnel back. But yeah. what we're trying the message we're trying to really deliver is that's just one part of it. Hmm. And we're so good at search that you know, we have over 100 clients in the US that just that have our search product. You know, we have several others worldwide that are doing so much more, but um that's the starting point and it's really important to talk about search first because you know, like I said there's probably a handful of DXP providers or or solution providers that claim to have a DXP out there. Yeah. But if they don't have search, I would argue they're not a higher ed DXP solution provider.
This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a student experience platform that offers a full suite of solutions developed exclusively for higher education. Squiz has so many exceptional products that are worth checking out, but the two that I've been most impressed by are their custom site search product, Funnelback, and their website platform, which is a true DXP. And don't worry, I'll explain what that means in just a second. For the next wave of digital natives, search is not ancillary to navigation. Search is navigation. And Funnelback enables schools like yours to build custom smart site search. So that way your nursing program actually comes up when someone searches nursing instead of that one nursing faculty event registration page from like two years ago. And their DXP, it's so much more than a traditional website CMS. A CMS is meant for exactly what it claims to be, content management. It's an important part of your marketing tech stack and important part of the student life cycle. But that's just it. It's just a part. A DXP, a digital experience platform, is built to be the hub of your MarTech stack. It relies on powerful integrations, data management, and an open platform in order to create the kind of experiences simply not possible with a normal CMS. Say goodbye to the finicky plugins of WordPress and the crappy site architecture of Drupal that hurts your SEO and get ready to meet the fastest, most powerful, and most personalized website platform for colleges and universities on the market. Today, the student experience begins online, not at school. And as an enrollment marketer, your job is to ensure that prospective students find what they are looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. Squiz is the secret friction reducers that schools across the globe are using to not just attract the next generation of students, but nurture them to the point of enrollment in a way that is conducive and not counter to how they consume information and make purchasing decisions. You can learn more about Squiz at enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Again, that's enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Is that why, like, and, and unpack this first, because I, I also want to really understand, make sure I really understand the difference between a DXP and a CMS. Like, so can, can you just, you know, do a quick, like, little, like, yeah. Top three. The quick overview. Yeah. Yeah. The quick overview is that the CMS is one component of the DXP. Okay. Right. So there's search, there's DXP, there's an integration platform and a data store. Got it. That's essentially the Squiz DXP for higher ed. The only one that Gartner recognizes as a higher ed DXP. So essentially. Whereas if you were to buy, like if you're a university and you're on like uh, WordPress, let's just say, right? Hopefully, hopefully most schools aren't. But if you were just to be on WordPress, that's obviously a CMS. You'd still need to buy these other components and and integrate them to your CMS. Is that is that correct? Right. Okay. Right. Right. The 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 cost of managing these open source systems, um, often there's right there's a um, a service provider that helps you with that. Yeah. Um, but the cost we're realizing the talent that keeps to maintain these open source systems it's are expensive. Um, just yeah. it's becoming real challenging for a lot of schools. So, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a great example. Drupal and and WordPress are um, are often um, talking to us. Um, yeah. Very. Uh, very frequently about how they can get out of that boat. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so like I said, you, it starts with search, and search is really tied to that personalization piece. We'll talk about it a little bit. So, if you start with search at the front end, that's funnel back. We have a funnel back search product. There's really nothing that really compares to it. There's Google Custom Search out there. There's some other searches you'll hear about that are really like toolkits. Yeah. But what if you could log into one console in your back end, your your administrators, and manage 
all of your digital experience front end technologies in one place. Yeah. So that's really what the DXP allows you to do from the back end. From the front end, it starts with you know with search as more than just an afterthought if you think your nav isn't working. Um, but again, so so it has search, which provides the foundation for this is the foundation for personalization. Um, if you're talking about personalization, now we'll kind of dip into that real yeah, quick. The, the, the technology um, DXP really provides that foundation. How else are we going to do that if we can't store, um, you know, user sessions and data across the front end technology? We have to be able to do that. So, one of the technologies we provide in our DXP is called a, um, a data store, which stores that um, those tags and that information about search sessions and what the user is doing. And rather than it's coming like a it's like a content warehouse, just yeah. like a data warehouse is for an LMS or an SIS, but but using that um, to either personalize or deliver that content to multiple touch points without having to write it again. So I've talked about search, I've talked about the data store, and there's a couple more. Please, um, keep, keep going, and then I've got questions for you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so so we, we, have to, um, we have to really uh, talk about the integration platform. And I have a story about that because this is kind of a big thing. You know, I see these these companies at Educause and, you know, integration platforms are, are really popular right now. And at my former school, you know, we had this enterprise solution. Um, but I've heard a story at a school. I know of the story that uh, one of the big ones was purchased. The integration platform was trying to be used to connect one enterprise system to another. Some of the best developers got trained for a week hmm. and they couldn't get it working. Hmm. So they end up writing their own .NET app. Hmm. And one of the directors just gets you know, kind of like, why are we doing this? We have this enterprise, uh, you know, iPass, you know, uh, integration platform. The the type of integration platform you need is an easy to use one that you don't need to train up your staff for weeks to use. So there's the key is, is, is what is that integration platform really going to do? Hmm. Um, but ours is an integration platform as a service. So we call that an iPass and it's called Connect. And that really connects everything together. One of the use cases that we could use that for is, some community college systems out there are are considering or implementing, we're talking to a few right now, that want to have a program search across a multiple campus system. Uh, what if yeah. you could search for nursing and find out what, what campus offers off yeah. nursing? Yeah. You know, so what if you're in different, what if, you know, if, if your um, SIS is one central one, great, no big deal, but what if it's in different, different systems? How mm. do you create one seamless user experience for the student, for the prospective student, as well as making it manageable on the back end. So there's one way you, we can kind of get in and talk about DXP at a search level, um, but it goes a lot deeper than that too. Yeah. On that on that note, and, actually, well, uh, just real fast, um, one of the things I, I've used Funnelback Search and have been, you know, wonderfully impressed by by it. It's it's by far the best site search tool that I've ever come across. We actually did a little exclusives, I think, with you guys. And so I got to see a little bit more of the back end, which was super, super cool. Um, but one of the one of the more like practical reasons I just love it is the ability to control search on your site, right? Because like, if you just use like Google site search, for instance, I think we might have talked about this before, you know, depending on how pages are indexed, or how, you know, how much you, you could have a page that's ranking really well, right? But it's like an old page. It's like two years old, right? But it just got a lot of traffic. Like you know, maybe it's like an event, uh, an event landing page, right? And someone's you know searches business event and they pull up a page from two years ago, right? That's obviously not the page you want them to land on, right? And so one of the reasons I love, I loved Funnelback and was so impressed by it. But also I think this just kind of speaks to what you're saying about the DXP and the ability to kind of control, like understand content 
understand contacts and then be able to kind of control that in a systematic way is so that you can ensure that content that is old or that is expired. And by the way, most institutions have a plethora of this on their website, right? You, you can ensure that your, your highest quality prospects, like the people that you want to impress the first time they land on that site, you can ensure that they're not going to find content that's old, that's stale, that's outdated, or that just isn't particularly yeah. relevant to what they actually care about. So for, for that reason yeah. alone, I feel like this is the, these, this, this, um, the, this platform that you're talking about is, is quite essential, especially as we go into this, this moment, which I would argue we're even in where everyone's fighting for attention. We're all fighting for attention. We have, we have literally a couple of seconds to keep people's attention. And if they encounter any friction along, you know, their, their journey, they're just going to bounce. It's just, it's just human nature. Right. And so I love, I love the fact that if we can, if we can understand how, how our content is indexed, if we can understand, uh, you know, website user intent, it just enables us to be, to deliver much more, not just personalized, but much more frictionless experiences to hopefully then convert that prospect into an event registrant, eventually into, into a student. Yeah. And thanks for bringing up, um, yeah, your familiarity with that, because this could be a whole nother episode talking about, um, funnel back curator, which is what you're mentioning. Um, and I talk, I demo that all the time and then <laughs> they're blown away. The marketing people are like, we could have access to this. We could do this. Yeah. And it informs your content strategy ed. too. Like you, you say, right. oh, wow. When people are on our website, they're searching mm -hmm. for all these things or using these keywords yeah. that should inform our SEO strategy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's having control over those results really um, matters. And I've heard recently um, Google's made it a little more challenging to, to control that from some schools. So um, yeah, we, we do really well in that space. Um, and uh, another thing, you know, going back to that iPass um, yeah. integration platform, we have we have um, uh, systems like CRMs and and your your Martech stack, and so we know we need to integrate. So I just wanted to kind of close that loop and say, just make sure when you're you know if you're choosing an iPass or your DXP, you know that that integration platform really needs to be easy to use and and really support um, whatever you need to try to do. So one of the things that I've noticed, and you probably see this way more often than I do, is like people just don't understand integrations. Meaning like when you're when when you're buying, right, like two systems, right, and on their website it says, oh, we integrate with Slate, or we, you know, we integrate with Element 451, whatever yeah. it is. Oftentimes, like, like yeah. I assume, oh, well that means I can map all 100 of my contact properties yeah. to this <laughs> system with the click of a button, right? And yeah. and not, like 99% of the time, it's not that simple, right? And it's like, oh, well we integrate. You can pass like the email feed, but you know, the, the email yeah, yeah. field uh, from, this, yeah. from this system to another. So like, I feel like integrations are those, like integrations today are what like email marketing was maybe 10 years ago, which was like, it was this big, scary thing. People didn't really know, you know, or, you know, they would hand it off to a vendor because they didn't really understand it. Now, most people, most marketers right, understand good email marketing. They understand how to do good email segmentation, good email personalization. It's not rocket science. I feel like integration though, right now is, is, is what, again, this, e what email marketing was yeah. 10 years ago, where p there, there's no like one definition for what that should mean. Even even a direct API integration can mean different things, right? Depending yeah. on how, yeah. their API documentation. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you help? In, like, and I guess this is a, a potential soapbox moment for you to just talk about, like, the value of understanding before you get into it, like whether these systems are, you know, truly, you know, can, can truly integrate or not. Yeah, 
Well, there's two parts to that. Thanks. That's a great conversation within this this uh, episode here, um, because the part part one is that the the platform you have needs to be able to support whatever um, you know APIs or multiple APIs or the you know the really robust um, systems. You know, the destination and source both have to have. You know, we have to work with great good APIs out there, right? Yeah, so yeah. a PeopleSoft integration versus Canvas. I won't tell you which one's way harder to work with, but um, <laughs> one of those is harder than the other. So, so you're right. It can be. Um, so you got to. You have to have the right platform, the right, um, you know, integration platform that can support these. Um, yeah, whether it's a, a standard API or an LTI for an LMS or just the really um, low code standards that you can. We call them um, flows. How flows. many flows does mm-hmm. your system need? Many. You need multiple. Use multiple APIs. Yeah. We don't, I don't want to get too technical in here. Yeah, please. But as long as you have the right platform in, um, some of some, you know, it comes down to the source system, like how, you know, and and you probably need to talk to some other. Um, the vendor might might kind of tell you they're, they're doing great, but you'll you'll need to vet some of those. Um, how well has it worked in the past? What are you doing with some other schools? Um, because there's it's known that that some are harder to work with than others. So it's. Um, and, and nothing bad with that. You just have to kind of count more time into the project. And, yeah. and if we get too too deep into too big of a project, you know that that company needs to work on on um, providing better um, better APIs. Yeah. So, um, well, what yeah, I that's feel a, like all, a good conversation. All, yeah, what often happens too is people get into it and then they end up like hating the product that they bought, or there's like an issue with the product. It's like no, 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 the product is really great. Like you, you know, you did buy the right product. You just bought it with the assumption that it would be able yeah. to easily integrate with something you already have, and yeah. you're really frustrated yeah. about that. Like your the, the product itself is great, um, and I feel like that's a yeah yeah I could I could go and off all day on that. But another example, is SharePoint. I'll call it out right off the bat. Like mm. someone says, "Hey, we want SharePoint integration." That should trigger both sides to have a conversation on a separate project right yeah. there. Like what <laughs> what does that? What do you mean by that? Um, you really need to dig in and and um, kind of find out what you're talking about. No, it's not possible. But you just can't say in it. Yeah, we integrate with one one funny um, product I've seen out there. I won't call this one out, but it's it's often used for portals. And and what they say is like we integrate with everything. And you log in, you see their demos, and it's uh, you log in and you have a bunch of logos to the sites. So all it is <laughs> it's a bunch of single sign-on links that you get in. There's no front end UI consistency oh, at all. Geez. But yeah. but single sign-on is considered an integration. Yeah. yeah. So you got to really be careful about what you know what what is an integration and really define it. If you're a school listening to this, define what you expect. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and your your solution provider could should tell you, yeah, yeah, we can do that. It's gonna take some work because you know that API isn't quite um you, you know we've worked with that before. Um, but really, really on the school side, you try to find what you mean by integration, I think is the moral of the story. All right. What else? What else? When it comes to a DXP, what what else do we, what else do we need to understand? Yeah. Well, I told you the search example, a couple other ones, you know, we have to be able to do things on short order here, like mm. in this, in this world right now, you know, in the last few years, a few schools have come to us and Salesforce is a big CRM out there that's yep. being used by a lot of schools. They needed a Salesforce integration in their portal pretty quickly. We've worked with the Salesforce API a lot. They knew what they wanted. They defined it. We got it done in a week. Wow. So nice. by having our platform in place, we can do that. That was a student, student portal example. But one of my favorite ones that's happening now, it's happening, it's, it's, we're talking to a few schools right now about this same situation. And, and I was at Educause and they had these things called brain dates. Hmm. Um, and brain dates were like you set up a topic and, any, and up to four other people, five total can come talk about a topic okay so i set up a topic just to try to 
stir up the conversation that said uh, why the CMS is dead. Hmm. You know, and I and I got a couple takers, and one lady came in from a big school on the East Coast. Says, I want to hear about. I'm tired of building web pages. We need content modules. We have all these Drupal instances. We have WordPress, Drupal, all over the board. They're kind of a they're a school that that's kind of big. And yeah. she realizes we're not migrating anything. How do I connect all these? Hmm. And I'm like, this is what we do. Yeah. We're doing with this with West Coast School right now. Um, with this, um, where we'll put in our um, matrix connect data store platform, and it might be for a communications platform. Um, we're seeing them wanting to communicate. This piece of data has to be displayed everywhere. Yeah. How do we not? How do we create it once and and publish it everywhere? A true cope, uh, true cope model. So we're pretty far along with this school on the West Coast, and now this East Coast school comes in and says, we need the same thing. So we're really seeing this use case of these schools having this mega footprint of yeah. multiple Drupal sites, WordPress sites, and to go in, you know, you, we go in, maybe a, another solution provider or even us would say. We can migrate you to our platform and consolidate it all. And my, you know, migration is really difficult, though. Yeah. Um, the pol politics around that, the governance, it's definitely an option, but usually for smaller, more centralized, you know, you're on one legacy system. Let's move it off that into something else. Yeah. But when you're talking about all these disparate open source um, systems, you know, often they have some, so much talent. All we have to do is keep them in place and integrate them. So this is really exciting. I think you're going to see more of this in the next year. Yeah. Where um, we can layer this DXP, especially the Squiz DXP. I don't see anything else that can do really quite what what the DXP can do, the Squiz DXP, um, and really provide a front. A, a lot of the savings is on the back end, yeah. the administrative overhead, yeah. to to have less staff move move quicker to create a more seamless experience. Well, what what I feel like is the uh, is is everyone's challenge, right? And obviously, the severity of the challenge. Uh, differs depending on your context but the biggest challenge that i see right now is the ability to give everybody the permission to build create and publish content that makes sense in their respective domain while also being able to ensure that all of that content all of that data can be is integrated and can be accessible from like you know uh, one key point the biggest problem right now is that people that are given the keys, sometimes they mess up, right? Sometimes they drive a little too far and it can be really hard to control them, to, to bring them back in, to hone that back in. So you both need to sort of like give everybody the permission to do what they need to do to get their job done, to, to fulfill their particular function, right? While again, also needing to ensure that there's brand consistency, also needing to ensure that there's data consistency, also needing to ensure that anyone at any point in time that needs to access that that context, right? That that data can do so. So it's like this funny, like you know, double-edged sword uh, challenge that I'd say most, if not everyone in the industry, is facing to some degree right now. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, Zach, because I lived that life for twenty years, the last ten really, uh, when when things started evolving um, as a web director. Hmm. And 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 I would say, you know, centralize as much as your your campus lets you centralize. Right, your campuses are are decentralized by nature, right? That's the democratic nature of of higher ed, which gives us such a great product often, but make, causes such a um, maybe a slow process or you know inefficiencies and gets to write what you're talking about. But technology, there is some ways to kind of address that. Hmm. Um, we talk, we've talked about governance over and over, yeah. right? That's yep. part of it. But yep. on the other end is workflow, and often workflows are not um, they're kind of you know maybe a little more work to set up in the beginning. 
but such a savings in the future if you can set up your publisher model to where you give people the power, the empower them to do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, these SMEs on campus um, in the departments, we really centralized centralized in Sacramento, and we're waiting for the backlash of people to scream at us. But it wasn't. We had so much. We had so much support that it really, um, it really wasn't that bad. But it's tough to do at a bigger school to really centralize and and accept where you're at. And then so how do I, how do I govern this mess then? And that's the other reason why you need a DXP. How are you going to audit? Yeah. For accessibility. Yeah. You know, we built it's built into the that's built into the DXP too because you know most of our clients are are higher ed or or you know government. Yeah. Um, we, we focus on that, but, um, yeah, in, in a nutshell, so the DXP for higher ed is a search, a content management system. Those often go in first, yeah. right? Schools are like, oh, we need that. And then later we'll say, oh, you need to connect these two. You know, you might need our iPass, um, and our data store as well. So the full, the full suite is available or, you know, often they start, you know, schools start with search or content management. My, uh, a couple final questions for you, uh, Jeff, one is just how might a school, like if someone's listening to this conversation, how how might they know that it's time for them to explore a DXP? Like what what problems right might I be facing at this exact moment right that that might make it such that you know what having a serious conversation with you and the Squiz team about Squiz DXP it, it yeah. it's an appropriate time. Some of the reason right now is a hot time because we're seeing things like. Um, our, our CMS is, is kind of coming up, you know, it's end of life. That's the biggest, that's a big one, yeah. right? That's a, my hair's on fire type of thing. Yeah. Um, for the ones that are a little more proactive, um, you might realize, yeah, you're in a constant silo. How do you know you're in a constant silo? Well, you're, you're creating instances of content in multiple places. Hmm. And so, hmm. you, you know, and if, if you need to, um, but another example is com com a communication tool. Yeah. Um, how do you, I need to get the word out. It's kind of a nightmare for us to get the word out. How do we communicate to our audiences in one place? If it's difficult for you to do these basic things, um, you know, events is kind of a, a core of, of a lot of these DXPs. Now they have these events and it's hard to get these events on all the right pages. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? Right. You have, yeah. a, you have your event management system. Yeah. Most of them have that. Some of these schools have built their own, but for the most part, there's, you know, a handful of companies that are doing a great job for higher ed. They even have the APIs. But it's still difficult to share that data, curate it, and then even share it back to the CMS. And yeah. we can syndicate that loop and have this data everywhere. So if you're really wanting, you know, to the other the other thing is you're running out of staff. Staffing's been really tough, and it's just tough to keep up. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all these are kind of symptoms that yeah, you may want to look at replatforming. Um, and and the DXP um, uh, suite of software and that even Gardner recognized term isn't isn't really known yeah completely out there yet where yeah. cms was 20 years ago and people didn't really know what that was that's kind of where we're at is just kind of an educational um point that you know i really don't see another way to to do things if we're really trying to to keep up yeah yeah so on on that note jeff is this is moving towards a dxp is this something that's like it's bound to happen for everybody it's just a matter of time or like is it not is it not quite there and like I guess, I guess in the next five to 10 years, you know, five to 10 years ago, maybe, I mean, hopefully, I think most schools five years ago, right, had CMSs. 
Um, maybe that wasn't maybe maybe ten years ago that wasn't true. So are, are we talking about five to ten years? Everyone's going to be yeah, everyone's going to have a DXP or yeah. W- 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 talk to us about. I the think roadmap. keeping keeping out the outliers, right? Yeah. There's always going to be the schools that have a ton of money and they can do what they want. They might be able to support their own systems forever. Yeah. Keeping out the outliers, the core of our of our world, I think, is struggling right now. Yeah. And there, it's a, it's a it's a good time for technology because they're going to the leaders will kind of survive. Um, I know some schools have gone through whatever the version of bankruptcy is yeah. for uh, for a school yeah. and they're dealing with that. So I'm thinking in the next two to three years, we're going to see a big shift. Wow. Um, it's tough to see much further than that, but yeah. um, if, if it's going to be forced. You, yeah. you have to do it to keep up because we're struggling for enrollment. You don't have the people. Um, I don't see another way we're going to be able to, to stay competitive with all these Marcom tools that we have to, you know, we have to connect. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be faster than we think. Yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like if there's, if there's one conversation on campuses that are that's happening kind of across the board, regardless if you're a small liberal arts school, if you're a large public institution, or somewhere in between, it's this frustration with data integration and communications integration, right? Like finding, ensuring that everybody that needs to know about something can it can very quickly understand the context, understand what's happening, why it's happening. That that is like just repeatedly what i hear when i go into, when i go talk with with anyone that has to and they don't even have to be you know the 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 cio or the cto like the, this is just these are the marketing people that are complaining about these things or the admissions yes. people that are complaining about these things right you, yeah go ahead you're go ahead. right and you know that we're onto something when when we talk to a school that has a bunch of Drupal developers and yeah. they're like, oh, we're good with our Drupal. And when the developer starts saying, hey, we want to look around and see what else is out there. Um, that's a sign because usually the Drupal team is not the ones looking to get off of Drupal because they want their job secure. Yeah. But I'm yeah. seeing more developers yeah. saying like, hey, yeah. you know, they're willing to re- to get their own skill set honed up and um, more modern because they realize that maybe this you know, isn't as efficient as I could be. Yeah. Leaders need to be there, right? The CIOs need to be doing that. Yeah. But when you start hearing it from from the staff, then we know I think we're onto something. And that's what I'm starting to see is yeah. um is is more uh more of the boots on the ground are thinking like, hey, I think there might be a better way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well Jeff, this has been great. I mean the work that you guys are doing is uh is so needed. So thank you for all that you guys are doing for the community. Again, as I mentioned before, I've been incredibly impressed with with Funnelback. I admittedly don't know enough about the rest of Squiz's products, so it's been cool to hear a little bit more about your all's DXP, how you're thinking about the future of um higher ed's technology stack. Um and yeah, I'm just appreciative of, of your time. If if folks want to learn more and they and they do want to get in touch, we'll have in the show notes um, a link to your LinkedIn, your email address, Squiz's website, all that fun stuff. But is there anywhere else you might want folks to to reach out if um, if they want to chat more? No, I think you covered it. We have a new website out there, so check it out. And yeah, find me on LinkedIn if you want to connect. I love talking to schools or um, anyone out there else wanted to talk higher ed. Wonderful. Well, thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you, Squiz, for making this special series possible. We'll chat more soon, dude. All right. Thanks, Zach. Bye. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows, too. 
Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.